Welcome to Recovery Plus Podcast. Fuck yesterday, focus on today. I'm your host, Dr. Mainly Hannon. Here, we celebrate and honor people in recovery one conversation at a time. Let's talk. Welcome back. This is episode 47. My next guest is May McIntosh. May is the founder of Sober Community, the Creative Sober, where creatives have an opportunity to connect with other like-minded people who are navigating sobriety, health, and spiritual awareness through highlighted stories, art, music, and creative expression. May's recovery journey consists of being sober for four years and 10 months and relapsing for two and a half years before getting sober again on July 1st, 2019. She was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. She learned early on that life meant survival by witnessing domestic violence, alcoholism, mental and emotional instability, abuse, poverty, and stepping in as a caretaker as the oldest of five siblings. May is also learned that using drugs and alcohol took away the pain, which became a way to cope for most of her adult life. May's life now is dedicated to healing past traumas in her life, spiritual growth, and creating a safe space for community and connection through conscious intention guided by intuition and heart. You can find her podcasting on The Creative Sober, content creating for the sober community, DJing when it feels good, and making being a good human wife, stepmom, and dog mom a priority. She finds safety and service and is open to anyone who needs to reach out. She believes that the opposite of addiction is connection. Take a listen. Hi, May. Thank you for coming on my podcast. It's great to meet another May. I think you're the first. Yes, same here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Real pleasure. And we've been planning on getting together for a long time, so I'm really happy that we were able to do that. So thank you again for making time in your schedule. I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's my honor. So tell me a little bit about what life was like before recovery. I guess it's the saying to go into it, um, that saying, carpe diem, um, or no rest for the wicked. You know, all those cliches there is mm-hmm. kind of how I lived my life before recovery. Yeah, I mean, it, it just was a ride or die situation. And it having drugs and alcohol in my elements were just a normal thing. Um, I didn't really remember it without it. I uh, grew up kind of around that culture and just island life. Being back in Hawaii, you work hard, party harder. It kind of was the, the mantra there. So um, for me, you know, before recovery, this is currently my second time or my second attempt at this, uh, July 1st would be four years coming up. Wow. Um, and then thank you. And, um, prior to that, I, I did have, uh, four, four years and 10 months of recovery as well before relapsing and like going back out mm-hmm. for three and a half years to come back to sobriety again. So, so, I mean, it kind of in a nutshell before recovery, it's just been a learning process. It's everything happened for a reason and it's taught me lessons and lessons that I'm still learning the wisdom from mm. to this to today. Um, but I think it just all led me to where I am right now. I think that's a beautiful way and, and giving yourself grace the way you explain that, like a learning process as opposed mm. to like many folks that I talk with and probably you also, um, it can be very punishing and you know, self-hatred, self-loathing, that all comes with it, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, I experienced that the first year of just not picking up the bottle or, or numbing out in some way. And so it's like, you kind of live within a pool of regret and you wish you could do overs or why did I do that? So uh, after a while, I think once you learn what works for you to deal with life in general, and on some of that is like you say, give yourself grace or forgiveness on some level and kind of figure it out because the, the problems in life is still the same. You just kind of learn how to deal with it better. I think that that's a beautiful way to say that life still sucks. <laughs> can, yes. right? It just might suck less and there might be even more beauty because now you're more, I, I guess I would say when more aware of things perhaps mm -hmm. and the ability to navigate with more open heart or something like that. Um, you said some of the lessons. What kind of lessons do you think you've learned with, you know, first bouts of recovery and the second time in recovery? What are some things that you have learned? The the one that stands out right now is um, that it's okay to feel my feelings. Mm. Uh, through the process of healing and recovery. Uh, and I've always known it innately and just being a creative at heart, an artist, I would like to say. Um, feelings is a is is a currency that I I have throughout my life. I, I just feel so much. Uh, even to like if you some frame it as a highly sensitive person, you know, HSP or empathic, whatever it may be. Um, I was just kind of in the framework or just my surroundings and everything that I thought was important was telling me that feelings are not a good thing. You don't talk about them. You don't process them. If it's a shitty feeling, you especially don't talk about it. You just move on, you know? And so for me, learning or at least on the other side of things that I'm realizing that it's okay to have my feelings. And then now relearning, how do I process that? Because I, I feel right. like in a way I missed that lesson. <laughs> so <laughs> I I found I found substance and alcohol that was, you know, a way to numb those things. That that was my easy fix to move past it because I didn't have the tools or the knowledge or the experience to process it. So yeah, that that it's okay to be a feeler. Absolutely. I like that you said feelings is a currency because it helps you navigate into other areas and opportunities in your life. So on that journey for yourself, what things in your life supported you wanting to get sober the first time and with the same reasons the second time? Yeah, the connection. Connection. So, I mean, as naturally a feeler, when I was at those crossroads to make a decision to go sober, um, intuition, higher power, if you will, mm -hmm. kicked in both times. That connection was what wanted, what motivated me to get sober again. And both instances uh, included a relationship. Um, so the first was with a girlfriend. The second time was with my my wife, my wife now, and the life that we had created. Going into this the second time in recovery, um, I had a good life. I have a good life. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I knew if I continued on that path, in some way, it was going to go even further down the hole. I was going to lose it. 
or I just would just end life in general. And so it just got really dark in that. And that would mean losing the connection to everything beautiful that I've created or co-created with someone. And that's kind of what motivated me to, to do that. So relationships, connection in recovery, it has all, it's been all about community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, my version of, of God or higher power source, that's also been my connection. Um, you know, meeting others uh, across the nation or the world, you know, people like yourself that, that I'm able to have a connecting conversation about something that's pretty intimate. Absolutely. So that requires a degree of vulnerability, doesn't it? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> For many, and we're, I'm laughing jokingly because I'm like, ooh, oh, you know, I'm even though we connect and you are a, a huge influencer in the sober community, and we'll talk more a little bit about that too, that, that means you will be out there and vulnerable. And yes, there's that connection piece, but how do you, what has shifted for you in, in terms of vulnerability in that connection? Vulnerability shows up in different ways. Uh, the way that I can at least manifest it in something that I can comprehend, it's, it's like a muscle, right? So like it ties in the heart muscle in that this is where we communicate and connect on a soul or spiritual level. And so the more I use it, uh, the easier it is. Um, but then sometimes there are situations where I'm like, oh, well, I didn't train for that, right? Retain <laughs> this muscle. And like, literally I will have like a emotional hangover like the next wow. day because I'm like, oh my God, I right. shared a lot, like, a lot <laughs> right. and I wasn't, I wasn't ready. ready. It was a really good conversation, <laughs> but like, I was whoa. like, whoa, I opened that door. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that emotional hanger over is definitely a real thing. Yeah. But yeah, vulnerability, that's that's where it's at for me. And that has been redefined over time. And in your in your recovery, connecting and 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 building community, what specifically helped you and helps you currently stay in a recovery mindset where you could just kind of create the way that you do, which is amazing? What helps you? Thank you. Thank you. Um, again, going back to connection uh, and then also tapping into the gift of creating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had some incarnations of what I, you know, put in the forefront or in spotlights of this is my medium. This mm-hmm. is what I do. This is how I create. I'm really embracing the fact that it doesn't have to be one thing all the time or forever. And allowing the fluidity of being an artist or a creative in the life that we're making, the life that I am making or experiencing. And so I'm, I'm finding that that's different and it, it does take a level of vulnerability. There's risk involved. There's identity attached to it. So I'm learning that these are places that I haven't really revisited and building the confidence to feel okay it's okay to try new things go ahead and do it and you don't have to be perfect at it just create and the answers and the gifts will be in that experience you make it sound so easy and beautiful (laughs) (laughs) i'm like yes of course that is that's so and it's extremely real right and it's true but i i'm sure it's not always easy to do 
as often as we all would hope we can just do this on a daily basis? What helps you stay motivated and focused like that? And it's going to really sound cheesy, but it's Bring really, it. It, it, it comes, it comes down to love. Mm. Like the, this love comes in different forms. So where it's the love of my music or love of a person or a situation, just really immersing myself. And even, even times of struggle where I'm having friction with a situation or with a person, the friction I know will produce an answer and the answer at the end of that is always love. So if I can find that place and then create in that process, whether for me, I've picked up journaling, mm-hmm. um, I, morning pages, just like even writing out those three pages of just flow of consciousness and doesn't even have to make sense. I'm just getting it down on pages. I'm creating um, that narrative that's going on inside of me. I'm putting it down on pages. And for me, who, who someone who does love to write like that, that's an, a creative expression for me. So it's being able to have things also available. So if I want to go and spin something on, on the DJ board, I can, right. I can do that. I mean, recently I picked up a camera and I'm dabbling in event photography now. I'm working wow. on my first first batch of like photos of and editing that wow never done it ever but <laughs> awesome. I'm just like I'm just like let's do it why, why not? not right why not let's try if I have an opportunity I'm going to take it so here we go so it's just just trying on those different hats I I think that's beautiful because that just do you do you think that doing that uh, being that curious and openness takes courage 100 percent yeah I was recently on a panel and there was a, it's two other artists with me and we're talking about a journey. And one of the questions was, what is the one thing that has surprised you? It has come out of the recovery process for you. And what is it? Like, what, what's that process for you? And for me, the most important thing that's come out of this is learning to trust myself again. Mm. It's like huge. Right. It's like, just trust myself that, listen to that inner voice of kindness and love you know, feel into the nudges of intuition. And yeah, it, it, it is, it takes a lot of courage to go to that place, but the more that I do it, the more I trust it and in turn trust myself in that process. So it's kind of like a healing bubble for me. And it's probably ongoing as, mm-hmm. as you expand your life even more creatively. Tell me a little bit about your creativeness, that you are a founder of the sober community called The Creative Sober. Tell me about that. Yeah, The, the Creative Sober is uh, something that I'm, I'm really honored and, and proud to be a part of. And it's something that I have put together. I mean, to this day, I, I, I don't fully feel like all of that's me. Like I'm not, it, it doesn't come from a place of like, I made that let's do this. Like, this is what I'm creating. It, it's been a collaboration from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something that I got down as a download. And it was also just a, a commitment that I made to myself when I made one year of sobriety. Oh. I'm like, okay, so what is it that you're, you're finding inspiring? What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you're looking for and not finding 
and what is it that you want to put into the world? And so that's where the community of the Creative Sober um, came up and it, it tied in really quickly to the podcast. Uh, because I just love audio, right? I just, yeah. <laughs> all the gear and right. making the the whole production. So uh-huh. it tied in really quick to the podcast and it's just, it grows on its own and I'm just there to help keep the bumpers and, and do my best to keep the, the space safe for everyone to feel included. And um, yeah, I just ask, ask me a business. What's the business plan? I, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and- And I think you are the plan, you know, whatever that might be. As you said, trusting yourself and expanding and being curious and trying new things, whether it's event photography, like, who the fuck knew that? You know, I I did it. (laughs) You're like, that's interesting. Squirrel. (laughs) You know, I think that's amazing. Um, And trusting yourself doing this. And how how does the creative sober kind of manifest and how do people get involved with this community? Um, I mean, as far as the creative server manifesting, it manifests on its own. What I do, I mean, I do do a due diligence of putting kind of the ear, my ear to the ground. What is it that folks are asking about or talking about? And so if I can create a pocket of space, whether it's a workshop or meeting or even content to bring folks together to talk about this topic even more. From there, that's the seed that kind of manifests on its own and then attracts the folks who want to know more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as far as like, I I apologize, what was the second part of that question? I'm not really sure. I'm so engrossed (laughs) in what you're saying. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) I I just throw seeds. Um, and, and of course it comes from my own curiosity. Sure. I'm like, huh, I wonder how this is going to land. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, right now I have the community, um, it, it was born from social media. So Instagram mm-hmm. is where their primary spot, uh, it grew from there and now it has its own, you know, app and like community space container where wow. folks can like hop over there. They have access to it 24 seven. That's also tied into now an official website, which ties into the podcast. So all all of it is just kind of seeds that just grew on its own. And I'm just trying to connect the dots for folks to find each other and find resources and especially inspiration. Speaking of that, what are you learning about this process from the people that you're getting connected with on such a creative and wide way? That there are really, really good people in the world. That's that's like the number one thing. You know, if realistically there's so much out there that tells us differently, yeah. um, that there's a lot to be afraid of and a lot to hate, you know, a lot to like shun away or not feel be- like you belong. And the the community, this project has really shown me that they're just, there's a beautiful loving and kind people all around the world. And this is just one place that we can find each other. Oh, I think that's beautiful because in the music world, it it sounds amazing and romantic, but it, there's an underbelly to the mm-hmm. music world too. Like you were a DJ, right? And, and other DJs are finding you and other musicians and artists and, you know, whether whatever the median 
but it's unforgiving, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, to find DJs who are still in the clubs playing, that could be one side of it, or another artist who is finally looking at the lens in their soul and able to express it on canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, you know, I mean, for your own evolution, how did that come to be? Because you, you played in the Bay Area, right? Mm-hmm. In the Bay Area. Somehow, I'm, I wondered if I had ever met you. I think I'd remember, but God knows what happened back then. I- <laughs> I mean, I'm just being I honest, mean, to, people. <laughs> I mean, to this day before we, we met, I'm like, she looks so familiar. Right. Like I, but we just didn't know each other. No, but we were in the Bay Area probably around the same time. Mm-hmm. Sidebar. However, you know, but there's a lot of fun that can happen. But there is this other side, too, where people can get really lost. You know, tell me a little bit about that, because that, that experience probably helped inform you doing this work, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it gets really gritty. Um, and then, you know, as far as like DJ, I mean, it's nightlife. So, I mean, you're told nothing, nothing good happens at night, right? <laughs> I, I sound old. I'm dating myself right now. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> it is, it, nothing can happen good. No, so. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it does, it gets gritty. And the accessibility to drugs and alcohol is just, it's, it's all over the place. It's just part of the lifestyle. You're just on this continuous loop of getting wasted, partying, staying up all night, next morning, hang over to do it all over again. And who knows how long someone can do that. And, and eventually you have a moment of clarity and ask yourself, where am I? Who am I? you know, what, what's going on. And I found myself in those places. And for me, when, especially having some of that limelight, you start, you start having enablers around you. And I saw that I look back now, I I just, I'm like, how did they effing like put up with me? Like I was terrible. I just, and, but it, it came with what I did. And so you know, I found myself even at points of like, why am I doing this? I This DJing music, all of this, I thought I loved. I did. I fell in love with it. That's, I invested. It was a career and then found myself resenting it and hating it and like not looking forward to gigging. And it just was it. I had many points of those crossroads, but numbing it out, drugging or drinking, you know, just go move on, keep going. You sign, you sign the line. Like this is, this is what you're doing. This is your identity. So a lot of ego gets caught up in that too. So what? How would you describe that identity? And then we'll talk about a new identity coming, um, not that long ago. So how would you describe yourself at that point? Uh, an empty shell. I mean, like for the lack of better words, I, I was a persona um, at that point. I mean, today, just even merging out of the scene a little bit, even dropping Missing May. Just that, that has been a process because folks still identify me as the DJ Missing May. Like I I even have family members who are like, DJ this. I mean, I mean, don't tell anyone I did DJ my goddaughter's party last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. 
I love that. So, yes. But we won't yeah. share that at yeah, all. We don't, Everyone no, just no. be quiet, okay? I'm, yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep that on the DL. Yeah. Yeah. But so Interesting. When you say Missing May, that was your name at that point. It, it was a second incarnation of my original Miss May, okay. which is what I went off of for what my name was in the Bay Area and most of my career. Uh, the first time I did get sober, I, I did like a soft retirement. It was just, I was at the, like the top of my career. Like it just was, the gigs were flowing. I could ask and I could, I would be able to play, but I also decided to be sober. I was like, I need sobriety. Like, so I played my last gig in San Francisco on Folsom Mm -hmm. and, and (laughs) oh yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's where I was. And um, yeah, I played it sober. It was great. Wow. I remembered everything. There was like an epic photo shoot that happened. Some photographer came up from LA and it was just, it was great. And But it was my stepping off point. And I did find that I was missing the music. Mm. So I was like, I don't know if I, I really want to get back into this, but I, I know this is what I loved. So for me, my second incarnation was missing May. So it's just kind of my my backstory to that. So right. Just and, add, and now where's missing May? I found her. Yes, I found her. So that that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I would like to drop that. I don't identify as missing anymore. I found so much about myself that I, I'm just so fascinated by and inspired to explore mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like I'm missing pieces and I'm, I'm discovering now. And so the coin kind of flipped for me and a name has definitely a frequency. There's an energy about the name that you carry. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, yeah, I think it's time. It's time. It's going to be a lot of work on the back end, but it's time. <laughs> Well, you know how to do hard things, right? I mean, you know what suffering's like. You know how to get through this kind of stuff. And I think that's a really important moment to talk about when people are in, in recovery or making huge shifts, whatever that might be, that um, inspires health and wellness, is their identity shifts and how they mm-hmm. see the world. Like, how do you how do you show up now? Yeah, I, that, I mean, that I'm still figuring that out. Uh-huh. It, it feels pretty raw. Um, I try to be as authentic as I can be, whatever that version looks like today. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing up. I It really helps moving to a new city. So I have a okay. new surroundings and everything's new, new. Um, so that that's also helping with softening the clay mm-hmm. and figuring out who May McIntosh is. And I'm excited about it. If I were to define it, I, I think that might be at the um, end of my lifetime or maybe in the next. Life. But I, I definitely like it. It feels truly like a second chance um, that I'm I'm getting to taste. And how exciting, you know, and curious and, and probably scary, too, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's amazing. And, you know, in this music world and creative world, there's experiences of tremendous loss. And in your creative world, there was loss, right? I mean, that's the thing in my world, too. Um, death is not always off the table, especially mm-hmm. with deep addiction. And I don't think 
we talk a lot about the death that can come and the experience mm-hmm. of that loss. And people are like, oh, this was so exciting. Now you're talking about death. And I'm like, yeah, I am, because it's an important piece to how we live, I think. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit about how you handle loss with a different lens now as a healthier person in terms of, you know, you're finding yourself. And so you're learning mm-hmm. different ways to f- accept how you feel and yeah. how you navigate that. What shifted for you on how to manage those things? Yeah. Wow. This is, this is a great question, May, because in a way for me, it kind of plays in the background because I, I look back because we're, we, collectively, I feel in the recovery space, especially it it is about getting back your life. It's about thriving Mm -hmm. in your life. And then also working through those periods of loss and grief and the things that you wish some of us wish we didn't do. Mm -hmm. So there's like a loss of self in that process too. And for me, like being an active addiction, it happened all around me. And I guess what really hit that stands up for me was this uh, gentleman or this guy that I I worked with and not knowing him fully and his backstory, he was an alcoholic who had to drink throughout his day to make it through. And without fully getting to know who he was, he passed away because of his drinking. Mm -hmm. And this was the talk all around. And for me, like during that time, whenever I did lose someone to the party scene, drugs or alcohol, like I really didn't process it because I was numbing myself out at the time. You just move on. It's what happens. Life goes on in a way, you know, you you do pay your respects, but like you just keep going. Mm -hmm. And for me, what really opened that space for me to really understand what grieving is, um, is a friend that I lost at the end of 2021. And he happened to be my final interview on my podcast for season three. Um, and because of that, I I did take a year off of the podcast Mm. because whether it was me holding space for that last conversation on top of that, too, is just I had to process that. That was like, it was shocking. I felt all of it. And then it was in a space of creation, too, mm. of my project. And so this was something that I just had to sit with a little bit. And I found that, you know, going back to the beginning of this conversation, the feeling part, right. I was feeling all of it and it was okay. So, you know, for me, what got me through and still does is staying connected, talking to the right people, having a support group. And just in a way for me, I've embraced the fact that it never really goes away. It like it shows up in different ways, whether it's like a song or a situation or even just a passing through memory. Um, it just really doesn't go away. And so I just try to honor that time when it shows up hold space for it and just really connect with what I did have with that person and then just let it flow flow through me until the next time. Because there will be, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. this pattern, this cycle of life that 
we've all wanted to escape from or not really acknowledge because it's painful. And that comes around to our conversation about, you know, authenticity and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and trying to stay connected when you experience such deep sadness Mm -hmm. has got to be a challenge. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, there are a lot of people who who can resonate with what you're sharing right now, May. It's like if they're listening and they're like, it is really hard to get up in the morning to just brush my teeth you know, because sobriety for some folks, just as a reminder, it sucks. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, there's nothing beautiful about it right away. You know, would, would you agree like in the beginning of sobriety, it's not always super pretty and it's not super sexy and it's not got all these amazing things associated with it because there is some struggle, right? And mm-hmm. part of, part of the sobriety part is also allowing you to really feel all of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yeah. all the, the raw reality of everything. Um, and there there's layers to it too. We're, we're meant to gravitate to self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's like drugs or alcohol or eating, shopping, gambling, sex. So there's so many layers to self-preservation. And so, I mean, if you can only, I'm finding just even having folks close to me who are still in active addiction you really can't say what they need. You like you like you should do this or should do that or right. you know, this could look better if we went this way. It lands on deaf ears sometimes and the best way I know how to be of service or help or support is to be the best version of myself. And in that time if that person reaches out for help, especially in that first year too. That's like the raw stages, right? Like just, just, I hope I'm ready to receive that mm-hmm. and, and realize like that it's, it's a service. It's the gratitude that someone can come to me and speak about where they're at in a vulnerable place. And then it, it, it kind of cycles again. It teaches me humility. Like, oh, I, I know what that feels like. I've been there or, oh, I forgot what that feels like. I need to remember. And that's what I find with the, the, the stories that get shared through the podcast too. Right. I mean, and, and they, they reach deeply into our soul as you're explaining mm-hmm. these things. I'm like, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, it's hard enough just to feel all the feels, especially with so much uncertainty with the pandemic and coming off of the pandemic and yes, that's and huge. opening, right? Huge. What is that like for you? Oh, a work in progress. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I, I, I'm, I'm in recovery. I've realized I'm naturally introverted. <laughs> like I love, who knew? I don't know. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I fully didn't know that until I got sober and then the, the pandemic happened. So, I mean, we didn't really have a choice, but to isolate on some level. Um, and then I'm like, Ooh, I like this place. It's like warm and cozy. Mm. Like, I like this. I feel comfortable. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Part of the reason why I was using and drinking was so that I could be outside myself, be this extrovert, be this party person, be out and loud and go getter. Like, that was my, that was the fuel that was lighting my fire. It was, it gave me the, the gas to push through. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm naturally introverted. And so I'm finding, especially this big move 
um, to a place where I'm at now in Austin, it's very lively. It's yeah, out there. Right. See everything, the sun is going, there's like life happening. I'm like, whoo, May. <laughs> Only now I'm grasping some like that current. But yeah, it's been riding a bull since mm. since we've been here. Wow. Um, and I'm like, wow, I'm so tired, but I'm excited at the same time. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to do with all that. Yeah, this is a lot of energy, a lot of energy. So I'm, I'm getting used to that. Yeah, for sure. That's a, a way in which, you know, to find that balance, you know, finding who you are, what are you like now with a different lens, mm -hmm. reconnecting in a way that is extremely intimate and vulnerable, um, whether you're an introvert or not. But I think what I'm hearing so much of is, you know, this love that you have for the human condition with such grace around that. It's like a lot of what you're saying, I just these words come up, grace comes up, vulnerability, forgiveness, flexibility, curiosity, opportunity, all of that kind of stuff kind of melds into what you're doing. Is Would, would that be an accurate way to describe it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great. Thank you for playing that back to me. Um, I can only think these things, but yeah, I just I'm at a place where I'm connecting the dots on all of that um, because I mean recovery is challenging, and then coming out of the pandemic and just kind of piecing back together, or not piecing back, but keeping with the the things that I like. And then letting go of the things that didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like figuring that out. And so, yeah, those those are the dots that I'm trying to connect. And um, yeah, trusting the process, you know, and then always, always growing too. Like just even with what keeps me sober, that also always, that changes too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important thing to note is that your recovery grows with you and and. What are your thoughts about recovery in it of itself? My belief system is recovery is a good foundation to help you kind of bridge back to the life that you've always wanted and that you've deserved. What are your thoughts? I don't believe it to be the end place, but a start. Uh, that's a great question. I was actually thinking about this the other day. You know, like as as far as when someone uses recovery, there's a there's a spectrum or like definition. Right. based on who is saying it what's what what does it mean to them mm -hmm. and for me I've, i vary from you know recovery from the situation that i'm in to get sober i'm done and then there's been a different version of recovery is going to be a lifetime process for me but what does that mean right. is it recovery from the alcohol and drugs or the recovery of trauma like just the day it was born, like mm -hmm. working through the whole systemic or the the programming or the blueprint of how my life was set out for me versus the life that I want to create and and meant to to live in. Mm -hmm. So the recovery process just it kind of like ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So for me, like right now, it recovery is is kind of a lifetime thing for me. For me, it's like there's always some stone to un to flip over and see what's mm -hmm. underneath i don't know i don't really have it don't have a defined <laughs> but definition isn't that beautiful? for recovery 
Because it, it, life is fluid, as you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. There's some fluidity to it, and it doesn't have to have one meaning or another. It's just other dots to connect and mm -hmm. rediscover, um, redefine, and reimagine. I would, I would think. And you know, speaking of reimagining, you are reimagining who you are as an artist, as a person who creates, as a mom, as a wife as a dog mom right yes <laughs> you know and all of that shifts especially in a new place too so and i think you've answered some of this but i will ask again in terms of this year for may what is what are you hoping to manifest professionally and personally well i recently did have a birthday uh in in april and usually that time of year my belly button, belly button birthday. Uh, I like to reassess. Okay, what's the what's what's the goal this year, May? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Let's put it on the vision board. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, uh, my focus, which I don't, it will tie into my creativity. I know, but for me, my focus is fitness this year. So getting back into the health mindset. Mm -hmm. um, figuring out what I get inspired to do because I'm just not naturally, I'm going to go run for a jog. Like that's I just not, that. I'm not, that's not me. <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, not, not close. And the thing is that I, I was like a three sport athlete in high school and that was like, well, that was my thing. And just later on in life, I'm like, no, that's, I don't, I don't do that. So for me, I, need something to be active in or like some community-based um, activity to do and so like actually today I'm going to go check out a rock climbing group nice um try that like that's fun mm -hmm, you know right. like, <laughs> climb a wall or something at a gym yeah. and then meet some people and I, I found it through uh the phoenix group oh, which right. is yeah oh, and it's pretty great. cool yeah there's some pretty cool activities so I'm going to check that out um, later on tonight, but my focus is around health because the the end goal or what I want to experience is the energy level, uh, which in, entails like expanding my life force, which entails and in, in, it affects my creativity and my productivity and just my willingness to uh, open up and expand more to be able to receive the good that's happening. Um, so I know that in this physical body, I need to take care of this right. in order to experience that. So that's my personal. Um, as far as professional, yeah, I, I don't really feel any big shifts in my professional life. Um, what I'm doing right now just kind of, it kind of fits the mold of what I'm trying to experience in the bigger picture of things. So um, I've been working at my professional life for the past, I mean, six years to get it to where it is now, mm -hmm. um, where I can dabble in different areas of like inspirations of productivity. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think I'm, I'm changing any, any of that part of it. Well, I'm glad because it sounds like an amazing path, right? I mean, it, it, to be of service on such a grand scale with such intimacy it, it's interesting as I speak with you 
it's just really gentle to share space with you. And I really enjoy your ability to just kind of like, hey, I'm going to just share what's happening. And it's contagious. So I can only imagine what it's like to be a part of this community that you co-create, right, of creatives and how people get inspired off of each other. It's just, I can, my sense is that it's contagious and there's a lot of things that can happen that is a lot of fun and curious, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. adventurous, full of opportunity. But I think it's, it's amazing what you're doing. And if people are interested in reaching you, what are the best ways to do that? You can reach me at my email. My email is at may at thecreativesober.com. Uh, if you don't want to, if you want to just kind of scope out what's going on, uh, there is our Instagram space at the creative sober and then our website, uh, the creative sober.com, uh, has, has everything on there that can connect you to our, our different pockets for, um, the community space. Nice. I had one more question and I don't know why I didn't ask it sooner as you were discussing kind of how this happened. Um, kind of arrived to you. Where did the creative sober name come from? Mm, no one's ever asked me that. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I got the point of inspiration for creating the community, or at least I, I wasn't even thinking community. I just wanted to bring some folks that I met online mm-hmm. together and that we could, we could share basically a cork board on Instagram <laughs> of our right. things right. and like talk about sobriety. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of what it, what it was. So I'm like, what am I going to call it? And I was like, well, sober creative, it, sober creative is like individual base. I'm a sober creative. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's, I, I feel like it's going to be a group of us. So like collective. So I, I just switched the words. I just flipped the words and made it the creative sober. So yeah, and there wasn't really a deep process to it, but just yeah, I just kind of flipped the words around and that's what that's how the name came to be. I think that's amazing because there actually is this other dot that's connecting which is really about permission to feel, permission to be vulnerable. And the creative sober offers that kind of space, whether you knew that or not. No. I mean, I I hope folks feel safe about it for sure. That's one of my number one goals there, like priorities. But yeah, no, I didn't think about that. Yeah, well, you just created one here. Oh, right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to speak with you and Austin's lucky to have you. Oh, thank you, May. Thank you for having me. This is, I, I enjoy our conversation and I just, I'm hope, I hope I, I've offered some insight. Absolutely. It's been great. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Recovery Plus Podcast, Fuck Yesterday, Focus on Today. I'm your host, Dr. Maylee Hennon, celebrating and honoring people in recovery one conversation at a time. This podcast is sponsored by Red Door Coaching and Consulting, and you can find my podcast on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. Also, you can find me at my website at www.reddoorcc.com. You can email me at mhennon at reddoorcc.com if you're interested in transformational coaching. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.